now that I'm waiting on Lona, Lona's late. Lona apparently is in the shower and running a little bit behind. Let me tell you now, everybody's talking about revolution, evolution, masturbation, flagellation, regulation, integrations, meditations, United Nations. Congratulations. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Welcome to Walk a Mile in My Shoes. My name is Eric McCoy, and I'm happy, of course, to have my co-host, Lona Curry, today because he just happens to be an expert on our topic today. Lona, you ready for this? I'm super ready for this, man. I'm so excited. All right. So I'm going to walk a mile in the shoes of a transgender. Now, while Lona, Mm. of course, has walked hundreds, if not thousands of miles (laughs) (laughs) in these shoes, right? Scabbed up feet, man. Scabbed up feet at this point. (laughs) All right. So for the last two decades, anti-LGBTQ politicians have attempted to sow a lot of disinformation about LGBTQ people's rights to score cheap political points with their base. You agree with me on that? Yes, I absolutely do. (laughs) All right. So transgender and non Binary people have been the target of many of these attacks, especially since the 2015 state legislative sessions. And then so-called bathroom bills were a major (laughs) focus, and politicians, I think, lied about threats to women and girls' safety because they never really materialized. Now, the, the target were arguments about also sports participation and misinformation about affirming healthcare access. Yes. But on May 4th, 2016, the justice department's civil rights division wrote a letter to Lona's governor at the time, Mm. advising (laughs) governor McCrory, right? Mm -hmm. That it's law HB two 
violated civil rights laws, including Title VII, and that the state had until the Monday following that date to abandon the measure or else risk losing federal funding. Mm. <laughs> so the Public Facilities Privacy and Security Act, HB2. You remember this? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. It took effect on March 23rd, 2016. And this was partially in response to actions by the City Council of Charlotte, which mm. approved a local ordinance protecting transgender people from gender identity discrimination. Right. So the city ordinance included language that would allow people to use the bathroom that corresponds to their gender identity. And of course, HB2 overturned these protections. And as a result, many dubbed it again the bathroom bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <All right. laughs> these are God shitters. <laughs> yeah. So in 2016, McCrory came to national attention after signing the Public Facilities Privacy and Security Act, HB2, again, the bathroom bill. And among other provisions, HB2 prevented local governing bodies from establishing their own anti-discrimination statutes. So it declared that in government buildings, individuals may use only the restrooms that correspond to the sex on their birth certificates, Currently, have carried them, preventing transgender <laughs> people who have not altered their birth certificates from using the re- the restroom consistent with their gender identity. Right, the United yep. States Department of Justice, in addition to several private citizens, filed lawsuits against McCrory and the state regarding this HB two. And so, over a hundred corporations voiced their opposition to this notably to the elements that limited protections for the LGBTQ individuals. HB2 was partially repealed on March 30th, 2017, after his re-election loss in 2016. (laughs) Of course, he lost to a Democrat. Mm. Right? Roy Cooper. He lost to Democrat Roy Cooper. Yes. State's Attorney General. And in 2022, McCrory ran for the U.S. Senate and lost the Republican (laughs) primary to U.S. Representative Ted Budd. But just for reference, here is your North Carolina loser. Yay, yay. Hi, I'm North Carolina Governor Pat McCrory. In the 50-plus years since (laughs) I've lived in North Carolina, I've learned that the people of North Carolina love each other and to respect their differences, even when those differences conflict with their beliefs and their values. Time and time again, I've Mm -hmm. witnessed the people of North Carolina put aside their disagreements and come together to accommodate and work out solutions while still respecting each other's beliefs and values. Pat McCrory, that's beautiful, man. I've also witnessed politicians who sadly have exploited differences and divided our people. Instead of living up to the North Carolina tradition of respecting those with whom they disagree, they demonized our state for political gain. And that is not acceptable. acceptable. Some have called our state an embarrassment. Who? (laughs) No way. The real embarrassment is politicians not publicly respecting each other's positions on complex issues. 
Unfortunately, that has occurred when legislation was passed recently to protect men, women, and children when they use a public restroom, shower, or locker room. Instead, North Carolina has been the target of a vicious nationwide smear campaign, disregarding the facts other politicians from the White House to mayors to state capitals and city council members and even our attorney general have initiated and promoted conflict my to friend? advance their political agenda and tear down our state, <laughs> even if it means defying the that? Constitution <laughs> and their oath of office. You know, obeying the laws of the land and living up to the duties of the office and defending the Constitution is the foundation of North Carolina's government. I am standing right up now up to the President of the United States to prevent federal overreach to take over our North Carolina waters, which I think is in violation of the U.S. Constitution. I've even stood up to the legislative leaders of my own Republican Party when they took powers not delegated to them in the North Carolina Constitution, and our state Supreme Court agreed. This is not about demonizing one group of people. In fact, let's put hmm. our differences aside. Not? Let's stop the political rhetoric and, yes, a lot of hypocrisy and work on solutions that will make this bill better in the future. I'm open to new ideas and solutions. And to the people and businesses of North Carolina, we are a state of inclusiveness, openness, and diversity. And I'm very, really? very proud of that. I believe in North Carolina, its people, and also our democratic process. And I will not shy away from taking the responsibility to do what it takes to make our state better. These are the values that I learned more than 50 years ago when I first came to North Carolina, and I will continue to uphold those values as your governor of our great state. May God continue to bless you and the people of North Carolina. Thank you very much. No, thank you. How did it work out for you, Pat? Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> man, that was an amazing guy man he's like he he wants to set the hey. difference he loves everybody they're all inclusive. Yep. very inclusive doesn't want to demonize but but uh, all in the fact, people we in did, north carolina right and, and, but in fact we just pulled this shit out of the air oh what can i do today oh the fucking transgenders in the bathroom that's where we're going <laughs> the good the good thing to focus on that's exactly obviously, right I mean, has obviously, I mean, was, has there been a huge problem with that? No, not until then, <laughs> not until he decided to pick that off the tree. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, it's almost like, it's almost like there was a huge problem with it. I know, you know, I, I, I know, like I still, to this day have no earthly idea where that came from, why all of a sudden it was some kind of issue yeah. and where like who brought this to his attention to say oh well we're out of we're out of ideas man some guy in the back said well what about the transgenders in the bathroom that could do exactly, that one that's exactly i think what happened i mean they you know it has it's to like, be. i mean the LGB, lgbtq in general not just you know what i mean but like it's yeah. grabbing but yeah the transgender of course has been the huge focus since like 2015 huge. Yeah, yeah. Ever since this came about, it just seems like it's been progressively getting to be this worse attack, this this making up of some big issue mm -hmm. that is happening that none of the rest of us are really aware of it until yeah. like now, like yeah. now. 
Yeah. Transgenders are coming out of the woodworks now. They're freaking they're everywhere. 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 <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere I turn, man. <laughs> There's one. There's one. Yeah. Oh God, they're everywhere. <laughs> okay, so Title Seven, right, is the main federal law that prohibits uh employment discrimination. That's based on mm-hmm. race, religion, uh, national origin, color, sex, including gender, gender identity, pregnancy and sexual orientation. Of course, this means that an employer cannot take an adverse employment action, quote unquote, such as firing, mm-hmm. refusing to hire, demoting, refusing to promote somebody against an employee or potential employee based on any of those protected characteristics. And if they do, the employee might have a discrimination claim, makes money, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to show a video real quick that really makes it hard to argue. Now, we learned from the lady from the Westboro Baptist Church that right. it's not a choice, right? Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, every it's you know, God put this upon you. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right, that's right. And she said so it. I want to show a video, though. This one isn't, this is one that you got, you literally are almost like, okay, there's no way that this person chose this. At first, Jeremy and Catherine Mathis didn't think much of their son's behavior. Coy took his sister's pink blanket and shunned the car they gave him for Christmas. We we actually have it on video. She opened it, looked at it, and walked off. Like, that's not what I wanted at all. Later, the Mathises learned their child had gender identity disorder. It's a condition in which someone identifies as the opposite gender. She started talking about wanting to go to the doctor so that she would be fixed because she, you know, she wasn't supposed to be a boy. And when were we going to take her to the doctor so that her body could get fixed? The parents decided to help Coy, now six, live as a girl. And at school, the first grader wanted to use the girl's bathroom. But Coy's elementary school refused to allow the child to use the girl's bathroom. Instead, the district said Coy can use staff bathrooms or the one in the nurse's office. But the doctor's bathroom is only for sick people. Coy's parents say using anything other than the girls' bathroom could stigmatize their child. It just sets her up for bullying and harassment, and it's 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 not fair. It's not right, and she needs to have the opportunity to go and use the girls' restroom like all the other girls. Wednesday, the Mathises filed a complaint with Colorado's Civil Rights Commission. The parents allege the school violates the state's anti-discrimination law. School district officials have declined comment, citing the complaint. Coy, who's a triplet, is now being homeschooled along with siblings while the issue is being litigated. Wow. Huh. Wow. That's awful early to be able to choose, isn't it? That's seriously. I mean, that that uh, that kind of, I think that's that's a great picture that shows, that really throws that argument out the window. Or absolutely. Absolutely. Like, seriously. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Or, 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 you know, conditioning or any of those things, you know, at that Couldn't point. Couldn't have been conditioned at that age. You can't. By, at exactly. that point, you know. Exactly. You know, like, like for me, I was extremely aware. So like, like we know that around the ages of three to four, then that's when you are starting to become aware of your body, your space mm-hmm. in, in the universe, you know, just, just all this stuff. So for me, I thoroughly remember like so clearly being four years old and realizing telling my telling my grandfather no we're not different like you and i are not 
different. And, you know, so why are you telling me we're different? And, you know, of course, because you don't have a name for it. You don't understand. It's not until you don't even have shame about it mm-hmm. until yeah. the people in your world start Make shutting you down. Yeah, that's yeah. when the shame begins. Yeah. And then you begin this long journey of denying that part of yourself. Mm-hmm. And the father is right. You know, there's there's so many mixed. You know, I myself have even like mixed reviews about some stuff. And I think later in our show tonight, we're going to be able to touch on some of those issues. But the one thing that we cannot afford to do is villainize children that are just expressing themselves in a way that is natural to them. Right. You know? Yeah, and I think, and the question that we're going to get into is how far do you go with it? Though, how far? Right? Exactly. And so exactly. that's going to be one of the big, big topics. But I agree with you. I mean, everything, you know, growing up for me, even like I look at, you know, me growing up and everything sexual, like everything sexually yes. related was yes. always like a sin. <laughs> yes. You know, of yeah. course, you being in North Carolina, I'm sure it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> going to Alabama, hell. North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. so. But yeah, I mean, it was always, you know, like as a child, I mean, also you're very curious, you know, about things. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then if you're curious about the wrong things and that becomes a shame or that's wrong, that's bad, you know, but is it? I mean, right. Curiosity, you know, more than anything. Absolutely. Um, I remember when I was in first grade, I, I have faint memories of this, but I was in first grade and I found my dad's playboy magazines up in a box you know up mm. in in the garage or something somewhere in the garage and i took it to school <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was the the most interesting thing ever you know what i mean i was like showing right. other kids you know like, right out of <laughs> right. course that was back before it was like full crazy exactly yes yeah. you know women's body that right you know, right upper you know body yeah absolutely so, <laughs> not the not the not, not the penthouse jugs mags yeah, yeah exactly but it was that you know i got caught you know at mm-hmm. the school and then you know of course my mom came down and then it was like you know so everything was negative about it yeah know? so immediately you were wrong yeah and and the shame begins yep and yeah. uh and i you know even at first grade i was obviously loving a woman's body i mean <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> absolutely <laughs> me too in fact <laughs> yeah me too in fact very uh wasn't the same as mine and i liked it no 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 i okay. certainly i certainly liked i certainly liked the the anatomy of the female body but i i also felt like it was completely like different from me you know what i mean like i had no knowledge that eventually my body was going to begin to attack me and it was going to start growing in ways that was like oh no god wait a minute what's happening but you know there's there's a very real notice of attraction like even at those ages you kind of begin to have this sense of what's for you and what's not for you and Mm -hmm. then you're right you know as soon as you express that it's going to be it, it's it's shamed whether you're shamed because you're too young or whether you, or you're shamed because oh no you're not supposed to do that right. See, it's not our rules at all it's it's the imposing imprinting rules of those around us yep. and, and so much of it with religion 
Oh, gosh. You know? Controls, what I, I mean, like to you call know, it. You being in North Carolina, of course, definitely with religion and stuff. I mean, even in California, though, I mean, it's just, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of it. I mean, we're more of a liberal state, but True. not fully. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> right. a lot yeah. of, uh, you know, very conservative, you know, um, Trump fanatics, too, you know. <laughs> i mean california will never like as a as a state vote for trump but Mm -hmm. there's definitely a lot of people that do there'll be some sprinkles there'll be some sprinkles in there (laughs) well the county that i actually lived a lot of my life in is would be classified as a much more conservative county orange county Mm. you know and so you know you got um you know, a lot of the cities within Orange County that are definitely much more on the conservative, you know, side. Wow. Wow. My, and my parents, you know, I mm. grew up with, I grew up with that, you know, I didn't, but I didn't buy into it though. Well, and that, that I think happens to a lot of us, especially I find a lot of us that have gone through like this journey through this addiction are often more creative earlier in a space and we're often people that question what is being given to us and so which opens us up for a lot of of shaming not enoughness you don't belong kind of feelings that come from because when it comes to religion you don't get to ask any questions you start asking questions and the demons will be exercised right out of you that video was obviously um hard to dispute right Mm. yes Um, yes yes so then the then the target right were arguments about sports participation gotcha yeah information about affirming healthcare access things like that okay Mm -hmm. so there were these attacks that were on transgender youth Mm -hmm. uh generally and trans athletes Mm -hmm. um, and were fueled by i guess partly discrimination not really facts right Right. Yeah. Um, now, yeah. trans transgender girls are not new, <laughs> and they're not <laughs> taking over girls' sports. Right. You know, in fact, transgender youth right. are actually a small part of the overall population in schools. Very small. And only about half of trans youth identify as girls. Mm-hmm. Opponents don't seem as interested in trans boys, <laughs> right. who they assume will not be able to compete. Right with cisgender right. boys, which is a sex, you know, I guess, a sexist yeah. assumption, right? Yeah, but, yes. yes. So, of the estimated <laughs> 332 million citizens that live in the United States, <laughs> 1.3 million adults and 300,000 youth ages 13 to 17 identify as transgender. Right? Wow. Half a percent and 1.4% of the population, respectively, according to a report that was published by the Williams Institute, right? Mm-hmm. Now, not all transgender people identify as women, and even mm-hmm. a smaller number consists of transgender women hoping to compete in girls' and women's sports. Right. right? Now, privacy laws, and I kind of did some research on this, but privacy laws kind of made it tough to identify the exact number of transgender athletes that were mm-hmm. competing in public school sports. But there was a researcher and a medical physicist, Joanna Harper, that estimated the number can't exceed 100 nationwide. Wow. So, now, while wow. we don't know the exact number of trans women competing, 
in NCAA sports. Um, so basically it'd be very surprising if there were more than 100 of them in the women's category. Mm-hmm. So 100 transgender athletes would, <laughs> would comprise an incredibly small number of the U S population. Absolutely. Dwindles even further when it comes to middle school <laughs> and high school athletes. So all these laws that are being passed are for about a hundred people. Exactly. We and you can all and, this time, right? And it's not discrimination, though. Not discrimination. No. I mean, they, no. I think about this: like the the it's in, the, in Congress, the House, the Senate, these all these states. Think about the amount of time that Jeez. they're spending to pass laws for a hundred people, and, and and many of them not even in their own states. Right. Right. But, right. And they're spending all this time focusing on the, not other things that could be more important. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like starving children in school because school lunch budgets are being cut left and right in Absolutely. states everywhere. Yep. Well, everywhere. Let's focus on the hundred people. That's right. Let's focus on these hundred because <laughs> we can we can rally some side choosing with this. But let's and in the whole while that we're doing this trick and pony show over here we're just, we're letting your other kids starve yep. like we're we're it's about the children we want to protect the children but fuck them if they starve if yeah. they're poor fuck them Absolutely. just fuck them we're going to cut that budget we're going to yep. cut that budget give ourselves pay raises and yep. we're going to cut the school lunch budget yep and and, and focus on trans- and, tra- and focus on transgender sports exactly all 100 of them yeah. All 100 of them nationwide. <laughs> we're going to focus in on them. <laughs> uh, it's so, it's so fun. It's so funny. It's funny, but it's fucked up when you think it's about it. Fucked, you know what I mean? it. It's fucked, man. It's fucked. It's so yeah. fucked. It has to be funny. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's what's so funny to me is that people are buying this as if this is a yeah. national crisis. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. Who it's knew like the, how much it's power like the we had? Biggest thing and the worst thing in the world, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And who, you know, like yeah. who knew we had this much power? Who yeah. knew? Yeah. And we yeah. were this powerful. Yeah. And so I'm going to show you real quick. Um, this is um, one of our one of the governors of um, this country, one of the governors of the state in this country, um, that is making sure that he focuses on this. Uh, and this is the state of Mississippi. Ooh. And there he is signing. Signing. All the people behind him. None of them are black. Senate Bill 2536, nope. the Mississippi Fairness Act, is now law. Today, I will be signing Senate Bill 2536, the Mississippi Fairness Act. Is it fair? This important piece of legislation will ensure that young girls in Mississippi have a fair, level playing field in public school sports. Now, I never would have envisioned on Inauguration Day 2020 that we would be here fair. this morning. In fact, I never envisioned on Inauguration Day 2021 that we would be here this morning. But for the fact that President Biden, as one of his first initiatives, sat down and signed an executive order 
which, in my view, encourages transgenderism amongst our young people. <laughs> but for that fact, we wouldn't be here today. Okay, encourages, encourages transgenderism. Okay, you guys are all need to be transgender. We're going to be having That's surgeries right. in a couple of years. We're going to give you some meds. It's a, you've got That's to, right. You've got to. You do have it. to. It's the it's the new cool. Yeah, trans it, is it, the new is, cool. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> and encouraging yeah. a president is encouraging. Yeah, like it's something you want to run towards. Like <laughs> like your ass is, is on fire, right? Right? Probably. The thing about it is, if if this whole trans in sports could help those counties win championships and shit. Mm-hmm. Because do you remember way back in when when we were young, how how females fought to play male dominated sports? You remember the first female quarterback? Remember that was a movie that came out, an after school special. That what was it? Uh, quarterback princess. They they fought to play with boys sports. What's the difference? Because but that's the whole thing that that you know sort of the the sexism ideology is that mm-hmm. they're not going to be that good why are we right. going to fight something that you know so if you want to have a woman on your team great go ahead you know because right all men and we're going to kick your ass that's right that's right and we're going to make sure that we snuff her out we're, yeah. we're going to get her quick yep. but we did that with females play at one to play you know boys baseball you know all of these things and there's always somebody against it and this, that, and the other. And yet it won out anyway. And look, I mean, just basically look, how many female quarterbacks on a high school football team do we have? Mm-hmm. You know, could we have said in the 80s that we're encouraging women to take over men's sports? I mean, could that have been the argument then? Yeah. We're losing it, fellas. Yeah. Yeah. We're never, the women are taking over. Yeah. Which again is is this is all political, man? It's like absolutely. Like, I mean, reality is nobody really gives a fuck about this, you know. They ex- they shouldn't. <laughs> they shouldn't. But we they make a but they make it to where you know because again it's all political, you know. So Biden, yeah. right? So Biden's order, okay, that he was basically talking about states that heads of federal agencies will have to review their own policies. That will deal with Title VII or gender discrimination and consider to revise, suspend, or rescind existing actions or create new ones to fully implement statutes that prohibit discrimination outlined in in that particular order. The order does not explicitly address athletics in any great deal, right? The only reference to sports briefly mentioned that, quote, children should be able to learn without worrying about whether they will be denied access to the restroom, to the locker room, or school sports. So yeah. transgender athletes who compete at the college and the Olympic levels already are subject to special requirements, if you look at yeah. it from a college standpoint. So the National Collegiate Athletic Association, the NCAA, does not require gender-confirming affirm- surgery or legal recognition of a player's transition sex in order for transgender athletes to participate on a team that matches their identity, right? According to transathlete.com. The NCAA policy on transgender student athlete, uh, athlete participation sets separate hormone requirements for trans male and trans female athletes. So a trans female student athlete must 
complete one calendar year of testosterone suppression treatment in order to compete mm. on the woman's team. A trans male student athlete who received a medical exception, exception for treatment with testosterone may compete on the men's team, but is no longer eligible to compete on the women's team. Wow. So, That's pretty fair. Yeah. Individual colleges, universities, and programs may have their own policies regarding transgender athletes. But see what that does, like hormones, like every one of us are a walking hormone and hormones are at the helm of the majority of everything that happens in our bodies. So when you take an athlete who has now been on testosterone suppression and estrogen or whatever, progesterone, whatever their their treatment is for a full year, you know. what's the what's the deal they're gonna they're obviously gonna be a little weaker than before right yes without a doubt without a doubt their strength is going to change their strength and their things going to change yeah i'm going to show you um i'm going to show you video here in a minute but you you've heard of leah thomas right Mm -hmm. you hear Mm -hmm. the story of leah thomas yeah 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 okay so i want to show you real quick now uh with tucker carlson now obviously this was before he was let go uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i knew um, he had to make a cameo <laughs> i want to introduce myself my name is and i am the stuntman for <laughs> tucker carlson and i'm going to actually be doing his facial expressions dangerous they're very intense so <laughs> you may see me come on tucker will talk and then i will jump in to do the dangerous acts so college swimming has been in the news, and not simply because it's an interesting athletic contest. Riley Gaines is a college swimmer from Kentucky. She's biologically female. At the women's 200-meter freestyle event at the NCAA Swimming Championships, the NCAA forced Gaines to compete against a biological male called Leah Thomas. You're seeing that race on your screen now. Remarkably, Gaines tied Thomas despite the obvious disadvantage for fifth place. But she says the NCAA has badly mishandled virtually every aspect of this competition. We've been trying for months to get college swimmers on the show to talk about what they think about what's happening. None have accepted, except Riley Gaines. We're grateful for that. She joins us now. Riley Gaines, thanks so much for coming on. Um, so d- I'll just let you talk. Tell us what you think of your experience at this event. Yeah, hi, Tucker. Thank you so much for having me and oh, of just giving me this opportunity to speak for myself and so many other women athletes out there who you know, aren't as fortunate <laughs> as me and have kind of been told they're not allowed to talk about it and so thank you so much for that but yeah like you said um, me and Leah just recently tied at the NCAA championships Um, and honestly I think the NCAA handled everything extremely poorly um, (laughs) starting from when we finished and I went behind the podium to um, collect my fifth place trophy and you know they kind of blatantly told me that Leah would hold the fifth place trophy and that I could pose with the sixth place trophy um, for photos um, and would be mailed a fifth place trophy in the mail. So So not only are they allowing a biological male to compete in a women's competition, they're promoting that male over biological females who are competing. That's what I'm reading. There it is. Right. Um, And when I kind of questioned it, you know, I asked him, is there a reason why you're giving Leah the trophy? He just explained to me that we're giving it in chronological order. And I questioned him again, you know, what does that mean? We tied. What are we being chronological about? Um, And he kind of blatantly said, 
we're just <laughs> going to give the trophy to Leah. Um, we respect and admire your swim, but Leah needs to hold the trophy. In other words, so shut up, don't I ask questions. I was baffled, questions. really. Yeah. Right, <laughs> I was shocked, and I know all the other swimmers um, who were standing by and listening to this were also shocked, and I was standing right next to Leah, and she heard it all, and so it was kind of just really baffling that this could happen, and I know the NCAA wasn't prepared for a situation like this, um, which just tells me when they were faced with it, they protected such a small minority and turned their back on, you know, what the organization in Title IX really stands for. Well, I mean, they just eliminated what it stands for. It does seem to a non-swimmer who knows that swimming requires a lot of torture, I mean, nothing harder than swimming practice, as you know, this seems like cheating to allow someone with a biological advantage right. oh, to compete. Oh, there it is. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I think there's, you know, a difference between your sex and your gender identity. And so I think that it's just been totally misconstrued and lost, um, you know, in the past couple years or so, but it's, you know, finally gotten to the point where it's being shown and it's completely violating women and women's rights, um, especially in sports. Oh my God. So the you one. said a minute ago that you, you're speaking tonight on behalf of a lot of other female swimmers who've been told not to say a word, just to be quiet and be eliminated. Um, what do they think, if you could speak for them? <laughs> right. Um, I know just solely off talking to tons and tons of NCAA swimmers tons that and their tons. athletic directors or their um, media Are people or tons? their coaches um, or other outside <laughs> influences have told them, you know, don't say anything, just avoid the situation, you know, save face a little bit. Um, and I'm just fortunate enough to where I have such an amazing support system at the University of Kentucky, um, whether that oh, be from Kentucky. the athletic director or all the way down to my head coach, oh, okay. Lars Jorgensen. Um, but just speaking for them, it's just it's just totally wrong. Um, and I know I can't speak for everyone, but I am almost certain I'm speaking for a large majority um, of female athletes um, that this is just not okay and it's not fair. And you know we're dealing with something that's completely out of our control when we're racing. You know biological males, um, whether that be they have you know different lung capacities, their height obviously, um, testosterone Twice. levels, whether you be on testosterone blockers or not, it doesn't suppress you know, going through puberty know? as a male, um, especially, you know, the one in question who swam three years as a male um, on UPenn. So it just, it's just completely unfair and it's, it's a matter of equity, really. Yeah. I mean, what oh, we're man, seeing is yeah. cheating and it's remarkable that it takes bravery to point that out, but it does and you are brave for doing it and we appreciate it. Riley, thank you very much. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm talking about first place. Can I yeah. say that just one more time? Place, I mean, if there place. was a true advantage, Thomas should have been in first place. I think yeah. you're just pissed you got that fifth yeah. place trophy, didn't get to fucking yeah. stand and thought, I'm going on Tucker Carson, I'm celebrating this fifth place yeah. damage. Yeah. One yeah. way or the other. And I'm going to speak you. for thousands of female swimmers because yeah. there's thousands of them. Yeah. I'll tell you, you know, being his stuntman, yeah, there's, there's yeah, a lot you, of work. You nailed, you nailed that, by the way. You nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> you nailed that, man. Yeah. Yeah, oh, he's got, man. You know, I think he's because he's got insurance on his face. You know what I mean? So he does. He needs that. You know, he's got to have the stuntman it so that way. Yeah, for sure. Has, right, right, right. He, you don't want to overwork that. <laughs> That's his money maker. So oh, you know, it was, it was a lot tough. 
it looked like a lot of work. <laughs> uh, okay. Now this brings up another um, accusation. Okay. Regarding her. And I don't know if you had caught wind of this too. My name is Riley Gaines. I'm a 12 time all American swimmer from the university of Kentucky competing in the women's division of the 200 or of the 2022 NCAA championships. Myself and my teammates and competitors around the country were required to compete and share a locker room with Leah Thomas, a biological male who competed on the men's team at university of Pennsylvania as Will Thomas the three years prior. In the 200-yard freestyle at the NCAA championships, Thomas and I tied. Despite going the exact same time down to the hundredth of a second, the NCAA insisted on giving Thomas the trophy as they explained this was necessary for photo purposes and told me that I had to go home empty-handed. At our national championships, I looked around and wondered why no one was standing up for myself and the other women in the pool and in that locker room. As I talked to my teammates and competitors at the championships, I discovered that the overwhelming majority of the girls shared the extreme discomfort of being forced to strip down in front of a male who was intact with and exposing male genitalia in that same room. After seeing how this affected every girl at that meet, I decided I would stand up and speak out. I put my plans for my future, which included dental school, on hold after graduation and decided to fight for women and girls in sports. You're saying under this law that a 13-year-old or 14-year-old girl in a locker room uh, has to change and dress and be naked in front of, say, a 16-year-old boy, simply because a 16-year-old boy, who's a biological boy, that inside has a, has a mental condition called gender identity dysphoria and thinks that he's a girl. This oh is ludicrous and, and really unreasonable. If you're the, you know, physically, you know, the opposite sex, what does that look like as far as, I mean, is that fair? Is that to, to be able to say that, okay, you know, um, yeah, okay, you're, you know, you're, you identify as a transgender, you identify as a woman, your body's a man, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. should they be allowed to do that well the one thing i'll take i'll take calls with in that one of those videos is the fact that number one a 13 year old and a 16 year old are changing in the same locker room right 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 you know what i mean a little, a little extreme but but a little but extreme principles of it though but for the principles you know here's how it was for me and, and it was so massively uncomfortable for me to change and at that time you know i i would have to like i avoided pe i avoided a lot of sports simply for the if if i had to dress out there was like true anxiety so i would make provisions to dress out very privately even though i shared a lot the same things that were happening you know i I shared a lot of the same attributes but i still made great provision because my whole focus was i didn't want to see other developing females there was just this there was this uncomfortableness within myself even being around people who presented like me now you know i think when we're talking about complete and different genitalia it's very hard to it's very hard to make a judgment call on these things because i think that if you're running through if you're running through a women's locker room and just swinging the dick around look who look right, who's on right, here right. you know there's a whole different scenario that's there. a problem but I, that's <laughs> a problem yeah we got a problem with that 
But I think for the most part, if, if a person is, is truly transgender, which I don't believe it's a mental condition. I wish it were a mental condition. It's not a mental condition. Like this is a whole <laughs> different, this is a whole different type of situation. Right. I think who's most uncomfortable in that situation is the person that identifies as transgender because you're the only one in there that's going to be different. Right. And you know, you could just, there's, there's, there's so much give on either side, you know, of, of what this means. But I believe that the children, the kids, the teenagers that are involved are probably a hell of a lot more accepting and less really worried about some things as the adults in their lives. Right. And so when they come home and say, Leah Thomas, we were forced to share a you know a locker room with leah thomas i can almost be uh, feel good about giving a 98 percent bet that leah thomas did everything possible to shield leah thomas and that oh, it wasn't right. leah thomas that was was uh, attempting to expose but it was everybody else who knew leah thomas had a different anatomy that had to make sure they saw Right. So we we come to it like that. And who's really at fault? So is is Leah Thomas at fault for being Leah Thomas? And we don't in a know. Locker room? I mean, we don't we know. don't know. You we know. don't know. Yeah. We don't know. And I do know that there are some. There are some transgender human beings that. Will do that deal where it's kind of a, a force on. But that's yeah. the climate and the culture that we've grown it yeah. grown up in is like, I'm going to I'll just force this upon you and you've right. got no choice. And that's one thing. That's, that's the problem. problem. That's yeah. the problem. It's kind of back off a little, right? Right, right. I think if everybody would back off yeah. of this entire like subject and we could just kind of allow people to be who they are and, yeah. and all of that. And, and man, had I been offered a place to privately change in my youth, I'd have taken it. I, I think that we have just, we just live in this society, man, in this culture that has become so toxic to the point that it's happening on both sides. Yeah. It's happening on both sides. Well, of because the, the one side will go so extreme. Exactly. And the other side's going, well, fuck you. And then exactly you go the complete extreme, the other side. Right. And it's, it has, it's gotten to this point where it's, it's pretty crazy. You know? Yeah. It's real crazy. And it takes me back to that whole Westboro Baptist church. When we had that interview, mm -hmm. you know, I, we, we talked about, and, and even she talked about how their signs first were very calm and 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 all of this stuff and as the energies heightened yeah. i believe that that pride almost came about yeah. as a big fuck you to the establishment yeah. and i'll be grateful when we live in a world where we don't have to have a pride month where we don't have to have pride parades where we're all just living life man be proud, like, proud just be proud just be proud to be human and and yeah. here absolutely but but I think that th that's what gives rise to those things. So, you know, when we're talking about especially a subject like this, if you're going to go that extreme, because of course she put off, of course she put off her dental career and all of that stuff, because traveling a speaker circuit pays a hell of a lot more than dental assisting. Right. And so she found her niche. 
she found her her fame, her her fortune. I think the concerns were way less than what they turned out to be for the attention that came behind that. If you both tied fifth place, you should both gotten to fifth place. I don't right. you know what I mean. I right. don't, that doesn't make sense. Right. I don't know. Like, did they really tell her that it's because of good photo shoot? I mean, really? Right. And, and if they did, it would all it might make sense in this climate as well. Yeah. Because then once again we spark a new debate or we yeah. we're we're showing that we're picking a side on the debate and now we're all in the limelight together. We're all going crazy. You know? We're all going crazy together. We are all going fucking nuts. We are. It's it's <laughs> fucking insane. <laughs> and I can also, though, too, see her. I can see some of her argument. But again, we're not arguing about first place. And I'm thinking if this yeah. biological male <laughs> had such a fucking advantage, yeah. would this mug not have come in first? You'd, you'd think so. Yeah. You would hope so. Yeah. Now I want to go. I want to switch gears a little bit because a lot of this stuff is more like high school. But what about the Olympics? Okay, mm. and so obviously there's a, you know, we're talking about a different scale here. History has been made. This transgender weightlifter competed in the Olympics. Transgender women, people born male but who identify as female, are winning many competitions, dominating the state's girls' track meets. Some women are upset about that. Why do I have to compete against a male body? Leah Schneeberger is a mountain bike racer. She won this race three years in a row. But then a former men's cyclist transitioned and competed as a woman. Now that person wins. But what about combat sports? Fox Transwoman Fallon Fox won most of her fights. She broke this woman's orbital bone. Later, she said, Mm. I've never felt the strength as I did that night. I can train 20 hours a week, but I cannot train to be a man. You can't fix some of the performance gaps. The performance gap in weightlifting is over 30%. The performance gap when someone is throwing a baseball is over 50%. And the performance gap when a male punches is 160%. Veronica Ivey. The trans athlete who won that bike sprint championship says... These fears that trans women are a threat to women's sport are irrational fears of trans women, which is the dictionary definition of transphobia. That's an attempt to shut down conversations, to stop people asking questions. I just want to be able to compete on a fair playing field and to watch a transgender female ride away from me like it was nothing and there's nothing I can do about it it was torture. I, I really haven't raced since. The, the, the girl that won the race, the, the, you know, the bike race was a male racer, you know, beforehand. And then it becomes, you know, now do you, I, cause like in that aspect, there is going to be some certain There's- probably strength and muscles or things like that, that, that they're still going to have. True. I mean, that's absolutely true. And it doesn't if if I'm, you know, if I can go this far, you know, in looking at at that transgender female in that video, there was still a whole lot of of male, a lot of man. There was a lot of man left. 
<laughs> you know, I, I, I think yeah. that there should probably be some very serious sanctions in on that, yeah. in that we have to make sure. I think if, if we're going to talk about equality for, you know, all human beings, then we got to talk about equality for all human beings. Yeah. You know, yeah. all. It can't yeah, just other, be this one-sided yeah. debate. Because the only yeah. other thing, too, though, the problem, like, you look at it is like, so, like a runner. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, you could take, you know... Now, a man is going to be taller, longer yes. legs a lot of times. Yep. And, it's yep. going to, and, and no matter how much you know, uh, hormone suppressant you give that person, that's not going to change. Not <laughs> You're if not going to get shorter. They, right, right, right. And two, and not if they, tr- they have been training in this sport as a man yep. for however many years. Because by the time you get to the Olympics, you've been training for oh, almost, yeah. you know, for a, a good portion of your lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. And there's going to be significant differences in in male training versus yeah. female training, especially like the boxing stuff. Boxing, I like mean, that's, like that's where, yeah, the I man. I I take I take crazy. a bit of concern in that area just because men men are taller typically, longer legs are gonna you know running, <laughs> you know definitely. Um, if you Punching. yeah, if you've been competing in a sport as a male for a lot of years, yes. and then all of a sudden yeah. you transition, you're gonna be stronger. Right. Right. I mean, like if you're, if, if there, I, you know, let there be requirements, Yeah. let there be requirements for certain, especially things. in know, that level, <laughs> in that level of athleticism, you yeah. know, that becomes a profession, almost a lifestyle. Yeah. Let there be some sanctions involved there where we make sure that the playing field is absolutely equal. Yeah. If people can't pad their clothes to make weight for things, if people can't pad their boxing gloves with metal, mm-hmm. I mean, surely we have to make some type of provisions. And I think that just, I think that the the culture that either questions too far or doesn't question enough. I mean, that's what makes us human and growing is that we are able to question and have conversations. And I think this is a valid conversation to have at that level, man. Now I want to jump to um, the um, puberty blockers. You know, Republicans usually sound absolutely nuts, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but there's one, there's one Republican that, and we've talked about him before, um, who sometimes actually does ask good questions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm talking about Rand Paul, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We talked about him with the drug stuff because he's, yep, he's yep. he was really fighting for, um, you know, helping people, stuff like that. And so Rand Paul is a Republican, I think, who sometimes does speak more rationally. Sometimes, um, yeah. With, with good questions, right? Yeah, yeah. Dr. Levine, you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Like surgical mutilation, hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics. The American College of Pediatricians reports that 80 to 95% of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, Transgender medicine is a very complex 
and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender yeah, medicine. The specific question was about minors. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parent's consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia? You have said that you're willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught, you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. I would hope that you would have compassion for Kira Bell, who's a 23-year-old girl who was confused with her identity. At 14, she read on the Internet about something about transsexuals. She thought, well, maybe that's what I am. She ended up getting these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones. She had her breasts amputated. But here's what ultimately she says now. And this is a very insightful from decision from someone who made a mistake but was led to believe this was a good thing by the medical community. I made a brash decision as a teenager, as a lot of teenagers do, trying to find confidence and happiness, except now the rest of my life will be negatively affected, she said, adding that the medicalized gender transitioning was a very temporary, superficial fix for a very complex identity issue. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. For most of our history, we believe that minors don't have full rights and the parents need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field. Uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. The question is a very specific one. Should minors be making these momentous decisions? For most of the history of medicine, we wouldn't let you have a cut sewn up in the ER. But you're willing to let a minor take things that prevent their puberty, and you think they get that back? You give a woman testosterone enough that she grows a beard, you think she's going to go back looking like a woman when you stop the testosterone? You have permanently changed them. Infertility is another problem. None of these drugs have been approved for this. They're all being used off-label. So that lady, wow. that lady was freaking weird, right? That was, oh, I mean, yeah. She, didn't, she yeah. Like, did not even want to touch the, the question. No. But I think no. he had a great question. Well, absolutely. I, I mean, we can't. Again, this this goes to fueling the fucking discrimination fire when we when people like that have the opportunity to speak about something and then they just don't yeah. like there's no way because he has a really good point. You <laughs> as a minor can't go to the hospital and be sewn up unless your life's in danger before your parents get there to yep. to be a part of it. Yep. You know, like like there is there yep. is a real necessity and need for for parents to be involved i mean listen for me i was so aware and so sure and you know 
And when I wanted a haircut, when I, you know, I didn't know that there was a word called transgender. I didn't even know that's what happened. I thought I was some kind of mistake. But, you know, there's a lot of gender affirming care that we can do that does not have a permanent anything attached to it. And mm-hmm. listen, I'm not saying I'm against puberty blockers, but I am absolutely saying that making a permanent surgical decision in the ages where you are discovering who you are in so many different areas, especially in today's climate where, you know, it is 24 seven all the time with the internet that people are so looking for something to identify with because we've lost sight of what we truly are on the inside. So I'm saying all that to say that it is very much needs to be a very strict case by case basis, but there is gender affirming care that does that can be, that can be done that can help someone through some mental health issues because listen it's very very serious to feel trapped and imprisoned by your own body Mm -hmm. so to have an open dialogue to have you know healthcare i mean mental health care professionals involved drastically they need to be involved far more than maybe the healthcare system simply because you got to be able to help somebody work some of this stuff out. Yeah. Not that they need to be involved to decide who can do what. But if we're taking off the genitalia or body parts of minors, we're wrong. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that's really happening much, right? I, it's It can't be. If right. I, as an adult, had to have at least two mental health professional signatures and a and a doctor's assessment of me this took this took a whole almost year before mm-hmm. i even began being able to start hormone replacement therapy and mm-hmm. i was a grown i was well i was over 40 yeah. you know i can't imagine that it is happening that easily Mm-hmm. for children and i think that people get confused when we talk about gender affirming care they automatically think of medications blockers and surgeries when gender affirming care can be as simple as a haircut mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a change yeah. in a pronoun a uh, calling someone a different name a different wardrobe and yeah. so when certain states and and republicans and politicians start banning gender affirming care they're not just banning medications they're banning everything yeah therapy and all that stuff right everything i mean yeah everything i want to show you um, a video real quick of a woman or you know who transitioned realized that it was a mistake um Mm -hmm. and had a lot of things done very quickly like there wasn't Mm -hmm. any uh, great care that was done um Mm -hmm. and so went back to being a woman. I was born biologically female. I began transitioning and taking hormones when I was 18 years old. Growing up, I couldn't pinpoint what my issues were, and then I realized that it might be a gender issue. When I turned 18, I did go to Planned Parenthood. I just stated that I had gender dysphoria, and they gave me testosterone a week later. Before I went on hormone therapy, I wasn't required to see any therapist or any sort of a doctor at all. 
So about a year and a half after I was on hormones, I decided to see a therapist about getting approval for top surgery. I walked in on one appointment for half an hour and then she emailed my insurance for approval, just like that. Even at this point when I was passing as a man, I still had these doubts in the back of my mind that said, what if you're wrong? What if you made a mistake? In the end, I decided not to do the surgery. At that point that I decided to detransition and live my life as a woman again. Even as an adult, it took me a long time to figure out who I was and who I wanted to be. Kids especially need to see a therapist before making any sort of permanent medical decisions like going on hormone blockers and surgeries especially. I mean, they don't even know what they want for dinner the next day, let alone what gender they are. The biggest mistake that I made was that I did not get the right amount of therapy or medical advice needed. These days, if you tell a parent if their child thinks that they might be transgender or has gender dysphoria, to wait and really consider it and maybe seek other therapy, you're just seen as transphobic now because you're not accepting people. I'm not anti-trans at all. I support the trans community very much, but I also support medical responsibility. I mean, I agree with that. I mean, there needs to be, uh, you know, there... And I guess the the part of vilifying the trans community is and not the medical community. Well, we've seen that in the addiction field. You know, when we talk about opioid epidemics, we vilify the addict versus the community that began a whole lot of the doctors the prescribing, over prescribing. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They always seem to to be shielded. And, you know, it, I guess I have to believe that the person that said they went somewhere and got testosterone a week later, but it seems a little crazy, but it does. It, it does. It really, really does because, you know, my state's politics didn't have anything to do with it. It was, these are the requirements. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if they've laxed some of the requirements at this point with all the stuff going on, but I, I just, I, I think I like that video. I mean, I like that person's point of view because yeah. if you're questioning, let me put this out there in case there's any young trans people or trans people that watch this. If you're still questioning whether you're doing the wrong thing, then wait, then wait, just <laughs> wait. Yeah. And if you are expecting that getting some type of medication or surgery is going to complete you and make you happy, then reconsider because i promise you the majority of people that transition they go all in and they want everything done quick because that's their path to happiness and there is a real need for you to get happy in here and here before you actually step into doing anything else there is a certain level of self-acceptance that you need to get to if, if you identify as a transgender person, there's some acceptance that has to be gone through with that. Yep. You know, there's some healing that needs to happen within you on every level, not just surgery, not yep. just surgery. I still see a therapist. We don't talk about transgender issues per se. This is, we talk about like me, like I'm working through a lot of things in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And so I knew when I stepped into, you know, going through transition and all of that, I wouldn't have wanted to do it in my 20s, even though I thought I did. Right. I didn't want to do it in my 20s. I'm glad that I waited. There's mm -hmm. a level of self-acceptance and a real expectation of what all this means yeah. Yeah. as a person that that went through and lived the life that I did.
Yeah. Now puberty blockers, right? I don't want to talk about that for a second. So puberty blockers obviously are used to delay the changes of puberty mm-hmm. in transgender and gender diverse youth who have mm-hmm. started puberty, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when taken regularly, these an- analogs stop the body from making your sex hormones, which of course includes testosterone and estrogen. Um, and so in people that are assigned male at birth, these analogs slow the growth of mm-hmm. facial and body hair. They prevent um, voice deepening and limit the growth of the penis, the scrotum, mm-hmm. and the testicles. Right? So in people that are assigned female at birth, this treatment limits or stops breast development and stops menstruation. Gender identity, you know, of course, is the internal sense of being male, female, neither, or say neither, <laughs> or <laughs> some combination of both, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets, yeah. It gets more confusing as time goes. Uh, it does. Gender dysphoria, of course, is a feeling of distress that can happen when gender identity differs from your sex. Now, you were kind of talking about, too, and I was thinking about it, though, is that, like, you know, like our human brains are not, they always say, developed until the age of 24, mm-hmm. or maybe to 28. And, you know, how how would anybody make that decision, you know, at the, you know, prior to that? And that's why I'm kind of on yeah. board with you. But now the difference yeah. being, though, and this is what I was thinking about, was that if... You know, we've talked before about it's easier for females to go to males versus males to go to females, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, the difference, though, and and this is where I was thinking about this in terms of these puberty blockers, that that would actually, if it was legit, but how do you know? Of course, you're having to do it too young, right? Right. Um, If it was legit, then you're going to be in great shape if you're a male going to a female because you'll actually look more right. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And and I think that a lot of true, like transgender people, a lot who like me, who I didn't know as a young person that I was born intersex. So I didn't find that out until right. I was grown and ended up having an exploratory surgery. And uh oh, we open up this person and oh, there's one ovary, there's one internal testy. Um, and so my body had been fighting each other. So internally, you're both. Right. But because my genitalia did not present, there was no reason for, you know, doctors to say, "Uh oh, we got a problem here. And and so I but I was always naturally masculine. And so when my body would start to so I started kind of developing late so into so female things started coming very late for me. They didn't come right. early. They came late. You had more testosterone than probably. Uh, right. My body was like balancing this yeah. thing out. So I was almost kind of developing into two people at once. And so it was very confusing. Yeah. And 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 I think there's got to be some type of see when we generalize it, somebody's gonna get hurt and somebody's going to have it great but we can't really generalize people so when we're talking about i think there should be more testing have they ever done studies though as far as like you know do these individuals have more like just naturally right have more estrogen 
or the other other side more testosterone um and i'm wondering like if you could do tests like that i mean it's not going to tell you completely but at least it could give you a little insight maybe it really could give you some insight i mean the very day that i walked into my doctor's office and you know found out that she was actually specialized in gender affirming care even though she was i was in a regular general doctor's office i asked that same question that day and she was very quick you know to say well there's there's nothing wrong with you and i was like that's not what i'm saying (laughs) i'm saying i'm wondering if there is some way that we could develop another way to be able to help people go through this you know i think we generalize just throwing people on puberty blockers there are people that are going to get hurt people that are going to get helped why can't we develop this i think that if if this was anything more if this was truly not just a political battle and and a way to make some type of argument or create some type of division i think our medical community could find a lot more study in transgender individuals and help them more you know, by helping them learn themselves, yeah. you know, helping them learn themselves, because there's a great difference. I've, I've learned throughout my journey between someone who's intersexed and someone who is just identifies as transgender. That's two different situations. It really, really is two different situations, but I have to put myself in a, in a, in a category of being transgender and people yeah. then just make their own assumptions. Yeah versus but you're half male i am i'm half mad i've got the best of both worlds man (laughs) i'm a gift (laughs) i'm a gift (laughs) puberty blockers versus obviously testosterone or estrogen Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, puberty blockers are reversible right 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 so so that all they're basically doing is just pausing like putting your uh puberty on, on pause on pause on pause and i think there could be a limit to that as well i think as well i think that there could be a certain age that if we're going to start that we start that and i think that parents and and kids and and all of that should be so made aware of the possible side effects as as with everything yeah there's going to be possible side effects when you start messing with the internal workings of the body there are going to be possible side effects so I think that's where we got to have parents. We've got to have parents in this mix to really try to help children go through this. Absolutely. And help them decide if the risk is worth the reward or, or what could possibly yeah. happen. Yeah. We don't have to judge people to be responsible parents for our child because every child's different. You know, I don't think that politicians should be making decisions for people's children. I don't think that, you know, outside forces should make decisions for people's children. I think people got to know their own children. Politicians like to pick and choose what what Uh, they want the parents to be allowed to do. Right, right, right. Ridiculous. Parents can't make decisions on this. They have to make decisions on this. Maybe they make decisions. You know what I mean? Exactly. (laughs) They're held responsible for this, but, you know, they can't do this. That's you know, uh, like, come on, come on. 
and I'm not saying all parents are good parents and it's the answer to everything, but, but, you know, I just think that children actually being out there making lifelong decisions, we don't allow them to do other things. We don't allow them to buy alcohol. We don't allow them to smoke cigarettes because they'll stunt their growth. So 2023, right, has been a record year for anti-LGBTQ bills mm-hmm. introduced mm-hmm. in state legislatures. There are 130 bills specifically targeting access to trans health care that were introduced Excellent. this year. 18 have been enacted, have been enacted according to the ACLU. <laughs> so there are currently eight transgender representatives elected to seven state legislatures. That's 0.1% of all state legislatures, according to the LGBTQ Victory Institute. Transgender adults, again, make up 0.5% of the U.S. population. Right? 0.5. <laughs> Fifth very, place. Very small, very small, right? Remember, we're making bills for 100 people. 100 people. Wow. Yep. Now, Man, that's um, a lot of resources for 100 people. 100%. Yeah, that's what we, we that's what we do. We just love to spend a lot of time focusing on shit that's got nothing to do with nothing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Instead of working on shit that matters, that matters, yeah. that matters. This is the this is the old ways of power being shaken out so that we can make change, and yet they're grasping on to things that have worked in the past. So we're yeah. going to start attacking women. And abortions, we're going to do all the old stuff because we ain't got no new tricks in this pony. So, well, I want to show you a quick video, real quick, too, of, of uh, one of our state governors who um, is has just LGBTQ on his brain all the fucking time. Um, <laughs> and so he obviously thinks a lot about it. <laughs> what we've said in Florida oh, is uh, we are going to remain a refuge of sanity and a citadel <laughs> of normalcy. And kids should have an upbringing uh, that that reflects that. Among the new laws signed, SB 254, which restricts gender-affirming care, the medical intervention when an individual's gender identity is different than the one assigned at birth. The bill prevents the procedures on minors as well as puberty blockers and also requires physicians who administer the procedure to adults to be physically present when doing so. The second bill, HB 1069, is an extension of the Parental Rights in Education Law, dubbed by critics as the Don't Say Gay Law. This prohibits a school from requiring students and teachers to use pronouns not based on biological sex. It also adds guidelines for books that citizens wish to challenge in schools. We never did this through all of human history until like, what, two weeks ago? Now this is something they're having third graders declare pronouns. Uh, We're not doing the pronoun Olympics in Florida. It's not happening here. The third bill, HB 1438, prohibits a person from knowingly admitting a child to an adult live performance and establishes punishments for people or establishments who do. As described in the text, an adult live performance is, quote, a presentation that depicts or simulates nudity, sexual conduct, or specific sexual activities. The final two bills of the day, HB 1251 and 225, the former, requires state-run buildings and schools with a restroom, locker room, or changing facility to have separate facilities for men and women based on the sex assigned at birth, while the latter preserves the right for public prayer before high school sporting events, gives high school athletes more options in choosing where they want to play, and also reshapes the board of the Florida High School Athletic Association. 
we'll protect kids even when, when you take some incoming as a result of maybe offending some ideologies or some agendas out there, but that's fine. Uh, we're happy to do that. You got it, Ron DeSantis. I just want to make sure there is not one abused child in DeSantis's state. I want to make sure that there is not one child that is, is going through an abusive foster care situation. Oh, I want to make sure one child does not go hungry in that state. We either. don't care about that. That's We don't. That's right. All we That's care right. about is the, the transgender. Uh, yeah, stuff. we're not. We're not using pronouns. We're not changing shit in Florida. The, of the uh, uh, 450 transgender kids in, in Florida, um, mm. that's what we care most about. That's what we care the most about. <laughs> not exactly. the thousands that are hungry. but Exactly. Exactly. Not the thousands <laughs> that are living in sheer poverty where they don't have a place to lay their head. But it's about that eating. one kid that wants Just to fucking play one softball with the females you know what i mean just that one just that one <laughs> that daggum one we're gonna spend yes. a lot of time fucking up this one yeah. man it, it's it's crazy it's it's crazy right now it's scary it, it's so mixed you know like there's so many different ways to look at things you know trans kids it, they exist that you know but I think that, you know, everybody deserves. And if we're talking about, you know, I like the wording that that children can't be admitted into any adult performance, which basically he's talking about a drag show. But if we're going to make that, that means they can't go to plays. They're not to be admitted even with their parents to movies that are PG-13 or R. You know, come yeah. on. So are we policing the movie theaters? Are we policing all that? Or are we just policing the drag shows? We need to send a whole lot of like heterosexual, just straight men and have them all dress up as women and walk around, walk around Florida. Absolutely. Maybe Without a doubt. Song. It would be, it would be, it would be. Gosh, man. So I want to show you now, I want to kind of end this thing with uh, a very, um, Fucked up, sad scenario in about Texas. We first met Kai when she was just five years old, living in a conservative suburb of Houston. When mom thought I was a boy and dressed me like a boy, I did not like it. So I, and I already thought she um, knew I was a girl, she, but she didn't know. So I had to tell her when I was old enough to say it. For nearly two years, Kai's mom, Kimberly Shapley, fought their local school board so that Kai could use the girls' bathroom. The suicide rate for a transgender youth is 41%. That is why we are fighting so adamantly for these children. Kimberly lost that battle. And in 2018, she moved her family to Austin, where she hoped Kai would be safe. But in late February 2022, Following an opinion by Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, Governor Greg Abbott ordered the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services, or DFPS, to investigate parents who support their trans kids' gender-affirming care for, quote, child abuse. The concern is that these children could be separated from their parents. When the governor came out with the order a few days ago, what was your experience sort of seeing that? Initially, just texting with other moms just to literally and calling just to cry with each other. And then the text messages started coming. CPS called me today. And your heart drops. And you're, you know, you're just, 
this can't be happening. You know, you're totally numb and this can't be happening. And then, you know, the next text message comes and you're like, oh my God, this is literally happening. I did talk to her about if CPS were to show up at school, um, just get on her Instagram and go live and keep keep her phone on. And I told her the ways that I would be able to track her um, and that I would come get her. Make no mistake, I will come get you. Mm. Within 48 hours of Abbott's directive, five Texas district attorneys declared their offices wouldn't pursue cases against parents of trans kids. And even some of those tasked with enforcing the directive disagree with it. One DFPS investigator agreed to speak with us anonymously. Do parents have to answer the phone, answer the door, or talk to an agent like you? No. They can say no. They don't have to resign releases. They don't have to let us in their home. I don't think the average person knows that. You are risking your job by talking to us. Why is it that important to do this interview? I, I know that these children are in great homes. I know they're not being physically abused. The first time I've ever talked to a reporter that the reporter um, was was crying. Excuse me, my apologies. It's my apologies. Made the comment that the family was impeccable. And then there was, the only reason was that the, um, the person is a mandated reporter. This isn't a bigot, it's not a hateful person, it's not someone who's anti-trans, it's someone who just felt like they had to do this or they would lose their job. This is very dramatic and forgive me, but the only thing I could think of was Nazi Germany, that you had to turn in your neighbors. It's insanity to me with all the problems going on. This is what we're dealing with. I have to call all of these wonderful people out to, to protect kids, to protect kids. And that's what we do for a living. That's literally in the interviews, ma'am. That's what we tell them, is that to get them kind of a trust factor. It's like, my whole job is to protect you. That's all, I, that's all I do. And in these cases, I can't tell them that. What do you fear about this order? My fear is that these children will take be taken back to where we were 30 years ago because those people that do believe in this, who have power, are, are using that power for political reasons not safety, and I can't imagine that we would tell them these parents not to protect their children. If you're in Texas, get up. the fuck out. Get out. Get Seriously. out. Seriously, that's crazy. It is, man. I, mean, I like the it I like is. the way he kind of pointed out too. It was like Nazi Germany. You got to like turn in your neighbor. You yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, you have a family. I mean, what Kai Shipley is is young like the only gender affirming care that's happening is to be able to dress and and be called the name that you want to be called mm -hmm. what what medical malpractice or malpractice by you know because the opposite is we create a child who is more likely to attempt to commit suicide or commit suicide mm -hmm. i mean what are we talking about here? You know, like this is really where we are. And I think we've we've all come out of this this global lockdown with trauma that we don't understand, and we're looking for something to put our attention on so we don't have to deal with with our own shit. 
mm-hmm. and and it's 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 hurting people. Yeah. The bottom line is it's hurting people. This can kill people. Suicide attempts that happen in my life just because of the sheer fact of feeling so isolated, so alone, so not understanding what was happening to me, feeling like I was God's little joke and a mistake. And and all of that lent itself to a life where I ran so desperately for myself that I had to keep myself numb through drugs and alcohol. I tried to I, I participated in activities just hoping one of them would take me out. I attempted suicide more than four times and I spent time in conversion therapy and time in in all these ways trying to make myself fit in this mold. And it just doesn't happen. And people die because of that. Now, there are some responsible things that that we can do to try to help children that are going through this and children who aren't. To become more inclusive and just accepting that it, we're all on our we're all on a journey, man. But when we're talking about politicians and laws, like if if you're still stupid enough to believe this has anything to do with anything other than power and corruption, mm-hmm. well, then you yeah. know you need more help yeah. than you know. If anybody out there is listening that is uh, struggling yourself, mm-hmm. you can always contact one of us. Uh, what's your email? My email is transgendermentor at, at gmail.com. That's a good place. And also, um, oh gosh, there are so many different organizations that, that are for um, trans youth. Um, the Trevor Project is an amazing, amazing resource for, for trans youth and, and parents. The Trevor Project is probably... I love the Trevor Project, but there are, there's a lot of different resources that you can reach out to. And the Trevor Project is just a beautiful one where they have a hotline. They have a text line, you know, that that you can go and get support. Because my biggest thing is if you feel like that you may be transgender, find support for that. Don't find indoctrination. Don't find, you know, whatever. Find support mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, that's the point. Remember that, you know, you don't have to do this alone. You right. Know, everything, Absolutely. any problem that you you have out there, somebody's already gone through it. Absolutely. If Without it is, a doubt. If it is completely unique, then let us know. We'd love to hear Absolutely. that. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Without a doubt. And, and just, and be careful of making permanent decisions for, yeah. you know, situations that aren't, aren't going to end up being permanent. There is, there's a way, there's a way. Yeah, my email is uh, recoveryecosystem at gmail.com or emccoy at highwallclean.org. So if anybody wants to reach out to me, you can do that. Do you got anything else, Lona, on this topic? I mean, we kind of touched on a lot of stuff. We did, and I appreciate that. Just that, just just that that each you know, each human being, if we remember, is is going through their own journey. That means uh, transgender people and regular people. And I think I, you know, in saying what I just said for people not to suffer alone, I also want to say to the transgender community, you know, let us stop being a part of the problem and start being the change that we want to see. Let us have open dialogues of conversation. Help people understand more about what it is like to to live in your world versus just shutting people down, canceling people because they are are <laughs> have their own 
opinions or their own perspectives. I mean, we can't walk through the world pointing fingers at people and calling them wrong and then expecting that that's somehow going to help this whole situation. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have to we have to be open and willing to be the change that we want to see. And so, you know, I say to both sides, let's just listen. Let's just talk, listen to each other. Yeah. We're humans. Yep. And let's stop caring so much about what other people think about us. Amen to that, brother. Yeah. Amen to that. You're never going to have the approval of all the people all the time. Yeah. You know, it's never going like, to happen. It's one of my favorite things I tell the you know clients I work with is let's stop giving a fuck what people think about us. Come on. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And remember where energy goes, you know, where your attention goes, energy flows. So mm-hmm. if you keep yourself focused on all the shit that's going on in the world right now against transgender people, you're causing yourself a whole lot of anxiety about something that may or may not happen, you know, like put your attention on you and 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 what's healthy for you absolutely well hey i want to thank you uh lona for letting me walk with you i appreciate the walk brother yeah i appreciate it yeah and and i i think i i think i understand the walk i think i understand i I got the shoes i got the shoes i hope so i hope so (laughs) (laughs) they're pumps aren't they yeah (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) all right well hey uh i want to thank everybody for walking with us uh thank everybody for tuning in again to another episode of walk a mile in my shoes thank you lona again absolutely thank you man and make sure you do all the things please like subscribe share the video out um you know and comment make sure that you comment below and 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 um, help us get on this algorithm help us grow this channel so that we can have the opportunity to take more walks in many different shoes and if you have a show idea make sure you leave it in the comments we'll be sure to touch on that as well yeah let us know your shoes yes 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 give us the size (laughs) shape and everything yes let us walk them all right we'll see you next time thanks all right